Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Trevally Mining Corporation third quarter 2021 financials and earnings conference call and webcast. After the speaker remarks, there will be a Q&A session. If you would like to ask a question during that time, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. You may press star 1 at any time during the call to enter the queue. I would like to remind everyone that this conference call is being recorded. I would now like to turn the call over to Brendan Creaney. Trevally's Chief Financial Officer. Thank you, sir. You may begin. Thank you, April, and good day, everyone, and thanks for taking the time to join the call this morning. Before we get started, I would like to direct your attention to our forward-looking language on slide two. The discussion today will contain forward-looking information about the company's future performance. Although forward-looking statements are based on what management believes to be reasonable assumptions, actual results may turn out to be different to these forward-looking statements. For a complete discussion of the risks, uncertainties, and factors which may lead to actual operating and financial results being different from the estimates contained in our forward-looking statements, please refer to our latest MD&A filed on CDAR for the period ended September 30th, 2021. I'd also like to mention that this conference call is being recorded, and a replay webcast will be available one hour after today's call. In conjunction with this conference call, there is an accompanying PDF presentation available on the events section and the corporate presentation section of Trevally's website under the Investors tab. The link to our live webcast is also on Trevally's website under events. Moving to slide three, our main presenters today are Rickus Grimby, Trevally's president and CEO, and he will be accompanied by Derek Dupreez, Trevally's chief technical officer, and myself as Trevally's chief financial officer. Rickus, over to you. Thank you, Brendan. And starting on slide four, um, our safety record saw an increase in recordable injuries. However, the severity of injuries declined. There were 13 recordable injuries reported, with 70% of these injuries being medical treatment cases, which resulted in an immediate return to work. Importantly, high potential incidents continue to decline in 2021, with a 35% reduction year over year. The third quarter was marked by a relatively stable zinc price, um, with the metal price averaging $1.36 a pound. We achieved production of 82.4 million payable pounds, of zinc at a C1 cash cost of 84 cents and an all-in sustaining cost of 99 cents per pound. Rockina and Pekoa delivered another strong performance, both increasing their production over the previous quarter. Garibu contributed positive EBITDA, increasing from a previous quarter, but production was negatively impacted due to poor ground conditions localized to a specific area in the mine. Work to mitigate the impact and allow for further flexibility in the mine plan has progressed well, and we will speak to this in more detail later in the presentation. Santander was also impacted early in the quarter due to lower production caused by mobilization of a new mining contractor. Adjusted EBITDA for the company was at $20.5 million um, and was impacted by decreased production during the quarter and the timing of sales due to shipping delays at Pekoa and Rosprina. We've decreased our net debt by $27 million to $82 million, which is driven largely by the collection of receivables that built up at the end of the second quarter. 
2021 production guidance is being reconfirmed at the lower end of the range and cost guidance at the high end of the range. Guidance is expected to be adjusted for the sale of Santander post-closing of the transaction. Since the third quarter ended, the zinc price has been extremely volatile. The price increased rapidly to a high of $1.74 a pound in mid-October and has since receded to about $1.50 a pound where there is fundamental price support. We are well positioned to take advantage of the opportunities provided by the positive momentum in the zinc market. Turning to slide five, we announced the sale of Santander Mine to Cerro de Pasco Resources on November the 8th. This divestiture of Santander is consistent with our disciplined capital allocation strategy of focusing on corporate debt reduction and preparing to make an investment decision on RP2.0 expansion project at Rosprina. We thank the team at Santander for their commitment and dedication and we wish them continued success um, as part of Cerro de Pasco. We will work closely with the team to ensure a smooth transition. Local consideration to Trevali for the sale of Santander is 10 million shares in Cerro de Pasco resources subject to certain escrow provisions. We will also receive $1 million Canadian in cash subject to adjustments to the ex extent that there is more or less than $7.5 million um, of working capital remaining in Santander at closing. Trevali will also receive a net smelter return royalty equal to 1% on the areas of the Santander mine um, outside of the current defined resources at Magistral and Santander Pipe Deposits. Lastly, a contingent payment of $2.5 million payable to Trevali in the event that the LME average zinc price for 2022 is equal to or greater than $1.30 per pound. We expect the transaction to close in the fourth quarter. In addition to the sale, Trevali has provided the TSX notice of the intent to proceed with share consolidation on a 10 to 1 basis, reducing the number of issued and outstanding shares from 989 million shares to 98.9 million shares. The company anticipates the completion of the consolidation by the 1st of December 2021. Trevali will continue to trade on the TSX and all other exchanges. At Pacoa, payable zinc production for Q3 2021 was 40.9 million pounds, a 3% increase over the Q2 due to a higher zinc head grade and partially offset by lower milk throughput caused by lower ore stockpile levels. Mine, impact, mine production was impacted by underground development due to equipment and operator availability. Full year guidance remains unchanged. At Rospina, the operation continued with a very strong throughput um, this quarter, producing 19.7 million pounds of payable zinc at an all-in sustaining cost of 88 cents per pound. Our ongoing focus on execution at Rospina is continuing to bear fruit with higher throughput rates expected for the remainder of the year. A smaller lead shipment in Q3 reduced the byproduct credits relative to the last quarter, which led to a higher unit cost. Within the quarter, we also published positive results for the RP2.0 feasibility study, which we will cover in more detail later in the presentation. At Santander, zinc production was 8.2 million pounds, reduced at an all-in sustaining cost of $1.36 a pound. Production was impacted due to a slow ramp-up of the mining activities following the mobilization of a new mine contractor, as well as lower zinc head grades due to a lower-grade stopes being mined. Mine production rates have recovered towards the end of the quarter with target productivities being met. As previously mentioned, we've announced the divestment of Santander, which we expect to close in the fourth quarter. At Caribou, the operation produced 13.5 million pounds of zinc, 
at an all-in sustaining cost of $1.10 per pound. Caribou was impacted by a temporary suspension of mining in a localized area where we experienced poor ground conditions, which we will speak to in further detail on the next slide. We also continue to study the potential to extend caribou's mine life beyond the initial two-year restart plan through conventional mining and milling methods. And in parallel, we are also continuing the rapid oxidative leach project with F.L. Schmidt. I went to Derek to provide more detail in operational and other growth projects. Thank you, Rikus. Turning to slide seven. In quarter three, Caribou experienced an increase in ground activity following the mining of a stope adjacent to a fault. Stopes have been mined adjacent to this fault in the past with no impact. But an increase in stress concentration in the remnant areas is causing increased ground activity that is isolated to this area. We have completed the development of a bypass to re-establish access to this area. The condition of the fault zone and the final extraction method is being reviewed. In addition, we are adding two production levels within the lower levels of the north limb, opening up more stopping areas and adding flexibility to the mine schedule. While they impacted production during the quarter, Caribou is expected to deliver on its production guidance for the year based on the actions taken. Moving to slide 8, I will go into more detail on the work being done at Rospino. Positive results from the RP2.0 feasibility study were announced on August 10, 2021, result of the pre-feasibility study that was published a year ago. The feasibility study had many improvements over the pre-feasibility study, with mineral reserves increasing to 12.4 million tons at 6.41% zinc at 1.36% lead and 20 grams per ton of silver. A 21% increase in free cash flow to $290 million and a 10% increase in NPV at an 8% discount rate to $156 million. Using an average zinc price of $1.17, which is well below the current spot price of around $1.50 a pound. All in sustaining cost after commissioning marginally increased from 65 to 67 cents per pound of zinc produced. Project capital increased by 19% to $111 million, largely due to a change in foreign currency assumptions, specifically around the Namibian dollar. Project financing is ongoing and we have received non-binding expressions of interest from several financial institutions to date and we will provide an update to the market on further financing efforts and RP2.0 activities in due course. Moving on to slide 9. In early August, we announced the pilot testing program for F.L. Smith's Rapid Oxidative Leads Process or ROL for short. This returned strong early results leading to the pilot plant being shipped to the Caribou site to conduct further testing with runoff mine ore and tailings material. If viable at Caribou, the technology has the potential to increase metallurgical recoveries, reduce precipitate or metal on site, including copper and gold, and reduce or eliminate concentrate freight cost and treatment charges. The next phase of the testing program is an essential step in evaluating the economic viability of the process with the potential to enhance the value of the in-situ material and tailings at Caribou, as well as our additional deposits in the Bathurst region. A NI43-101 preliminary economic assessment is anticipated following the successful completion of the second stage of the pilot plant program work that's currently underway. Thanks, Derek. Moving to slide 10, 
the average LME price for zinc during the quarter was $1.36 a pound, up 3% over Q2 and was generally stable over the time period. Revenue was $79.8 million, down 23% due to payable zinc sold from decreased production levels and timing of shipments, partially offset by the increase in the zinc price. Approximately two-thirds of the decrease was from production levels and timing at Caribou and Santander, and one-third of the decrease was due to the inventory buildup and timing of sales at Perco and Roshpina. Adjusted EBITDA was $20.5 million, largely due to the same reasons mentioned for revenue. C1 cash costs and ASIC were consistent with Q2 2021, increasing modestly 1% for C1 cash costs and 2% for ASIC. Net debt decreased by $27 million to a total of $82 million in the quarter, which was largely attributable to the collection of settlement receivables outstanding from Q2 2021. Moving to slide 11, as mentioned on the last slide, inventory levels increased over the previous quarter. Zinc concentrate inventories increased over Q2 levels due to three shipments being delayed. Two from Percoa due to congestion at the port of Abidjan, and one at Roshpina due to availability of ships at the port of Luderitz. These shipment delays increased zinc inventories in the third quarter, which impacted sales quantities, revenues, EBITDA, and net income. The increase in inventory is worth approximately $8.4 million, assuming the average third quarter LME zinc price of $1.36 a pound that was mentioned earlier, and is higher if using the spot price of approximately $1.50 a pound as per today. We continue to see a tight global shipping market, and we expect this trend to continue for the remainder of the year. Over to you, Rickus. Thank you. Um, on slide 12, we speak to the zinc market. The zinc price started the third quarter at $1.32 per pound and ended the quarter at $1.35 per pound and traded at, at, in a tight $0.07 cents per pound range or approximately half the range of the previous two quarters. After the third quarter closed, in the early weeks of October, the Alamy cash zinc price rallied to $1.74 per pound on the back of zinc smelter curtailments, largely due to electricity cost pressures in Europe and power availability issues in China. Since then, the price has receded to around $1.50 a pound, um, in our view. Uh, in our view, the price increased through $1.40 per pound and now above the level is underpinned from a global economic, economy that appears to be in expansion mode and zinc production volumes that have disappointed. Expectations for supply growth have been optimistic. It's notable that the International Lead and Zinc Study Group reduced its expectation for global refined zinc surplus for 2021 to be 217,000 tons on October the 7th versus the previous expectation of 353,000 tons announced in April. Confirming the tightness in the zinc market, it is instructive to take a closer look at the zinc exchange inventories. On slide 13, you can see the impact to stock levels. LME stocks have been sliding since April and are now down 31% from January, despite China releasing 180,000 tons of zinc from the strategic reserve across all market auctions. As just mentioned, although the market expectations are for zinc concentrate supply to expand in the coming quarters, the anticipated rate of increase continues to decline, according to Whitmack and the International Lead and Zinc Study Group. This has implications for treatment charges. According to Whitmack, the indicative spot treatment charges for September is at $80 a ton SIF into China. Spot terms have ranged from $75 to $85 per ton in September and are well below the Chinese spot averages of $285 and $209 per ton in 2019 and 2020, respectively. Despite zinc smelt electricity supply uncertainty, we have not witnessed spot treatment charges depart from recent levels. 
In summary, we see fundamental support for the zinc price in the medium term as management believes demand will outweigh supply as global economic activity expands and infrastructure spending and green initiatives make an impact. Slide 14, um, our financial position continues to strengthen and we anticipate production over the remainder of the year at the current zinc price. The trend is expected to continue. In Q3, we reduced net debt by $27 million. Together with the pending sale of Santander, strengthens our balance sheet and creates flexibility in discussions with capital providers to support funding requirements for our high-return RP2.0 expansion project, which we will increase throughput and reduce cost and structure of Raspina. With our improving financials, a backdrop of the high zinc price, the anticipated financing of RP2.0 expansion project, the next phase of ROL program at Caribou, we are excited about the company's future prospects. We look forward to providing you with further updates as we progress throughout the year. With that, operator, over to you for questions. As a reminder, if you would like to ask a question, please press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. Again, that is star, then the number one. And we'll pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster. The first question is from Craig Hutchinson with TD Securities. Hi there, guys. Just on Rosh Pina, are all the permits in place? And could you guys go ahead and with that project subject to financing almost immediately? Hi, Craig. Great to hear from you. Um, yeah, at, at Rosh Pina, um, all, all the, um, the the permits are in place. We are. Um, you know, just we're just uh, waiting for the financing so we can press the go button. So if you have no, it, and I, I can ask if, if Derek wants to comment on that. Um, but in, from from where we look, everything is in place. Um, and, and just in terms of financing, are you guys looking at alternatives such as streaming as well as a potential source of financing, or is it just just that at this point? Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll let um, Brendan talk about the structure that we've got in place and what we're thinking about. But um, let's, uh, Brendan, over to you. Yeah, uh, thanks, Greg. We're uh, looking at the full suite of uh, potential uh, products in terms of our financing, but we're very much focused on debt financing here as our primary for the source of funding. And also, we, as we said in the presentation, Craig, we, we, we ended up, um, we've already got a, a few, a, quite a number of, of financial institutions that have come to us with uh, proposals. Okay. Uh, any long lead items you guys are looking at purchasing sort of over the short term, or are you waiting for the full finance package? Sorry, Craig, I, I didn't catch that. So I was just wondering if you guys are going to purchase any long lead items associated with Rosh Pina just to kind of keep the, t the schedule tight, or are you guys going to wait till the full financing package is in place? Yeah, I think, you know, so it's, it's always great to, to wait for the, the full financing to be in place, and I think that, that would be our a, a option, but we also have to keep an eye on those long lead items because, you know, we want to make sure this project um, gets and delivered in, in, a, in a time when we believe the prices will be high. Okay, maybe one last question. Just in terms of Santander, when do you guys anticipate the deal closing, and when would it be effective? Is it effective at the start of Q4, the end of Q4? Yeah, so we announced that on November 8th, and so we're moving to uh, close that as soon as possible, but it will be within Q4 is the expectation. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Greg. 
Again, if you would like to ask a question, please press star then the number one on your telephone keypad. Your next question is from Stephen, I don't know, with um, Cormark Securities. Great. Thanks very much, guys. I'm um, just, just curious, uh, just with, with, with the ongoing work at Caribou uh, in terms of both some of the uh, the new processing technology and just extending the mine life, I think previously we, we, there was sort of maybe some anticipation that we might know if, if a, a real push to push Caribou beyond, you know, the two-year current reserve was going to happen or not by, by the end of this year. Is that still the case, or are you still waiting to sort of see how some of this pilot plant testing goes and, and other things? Hi, Stefan. Great to hear from you. Um, uh, absolutely, we, we are studying the, ex the expansion of uh, or the extension of mine life at Caribou. Um, and, and to just make it quite clear, that is for the, the current processing um, and, and mining method. No, no change. So the role is in in parallel to that. So it's, it's you know, the, mm -hmm. the success of that uh, project is, is not um, the one that, that will determine whether we can ex extend um, uh, the, the current two-year mine, mine life. Okay, and in terms of just formally pulling the trigger on, on, on using the standard methods at Caribou proper, is, is, is that something we might hear on by the end of this year, or is it still kind of a work in progress over the next quarter or two? Yeah, I think, you know, early, early first quarter, we'll be able to make an announcement on that. So, I, I, okay. you know, we, we are progressing really well with that. Okay. Okay, and just, just maybe just at a, maybe just uh, just looking back at Santander, um, just you know looking at the, maybe a bit more color on the, say the decision to switch mining contractors there, sort of you know late in the project sort of reserve life, uh, and especially now in the context that you actually proceeded to sell the mine anyways. Uh, could you just give us a little bit more color on why that even happened in Q3? Yeah, Stefan, that's a great question, and and you know so. You know, you, when, when in life you don't really want to make make life more difficult for yourself. Yeah. And, and honestly, if you look look at that, you would say, "Geez, why do you guys do that?" So we, we do those things because we have to. Um, and, and if you if you look at uh, sometimes, um, you know, a mine a mine's got um, 12 to 18 months worth of life left, and and the the contractors are starting to lose um, productivity, and they start moving off some of the the A team away, um, and, and the, uh, you know because they are, uh, they, there's quite a demand for, for contractors in, in Peru to uh, on the mining side, um, you know. And after a number of conversations, the people don't don't step it up, then um, you know you have to make a change. So it was mm -hmm. it was a, a risk mitigating um, step, and it's uh, and, and as we said, you know, uh, 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 we we actually ramped up during COVID, and COVID, as you know, in, in Peru was quite a, was a, is had, a, had a quite a substantial impact. And if you think what, what's happening in the rest of the world where people are struggling to get uh, people to work in restaurants, you can imagine trying to ramp up a, a mine uh, with a new contractor um, and during those times, it's not that easy. But the, uh, what, what we've seen is over the last uh, month, the, the productivity rates have really recovered and we are actually um, above where we want to be. So uh, in, from my point of view, actually great kudos to the management team and, and, and very, very proud of the Santati team for the, the, the tough job that they did um, for, for the last uh, quarter. Okay. Okay. Great. No, that, that's understandable. And maybe just one last one for me. Just obviously now going from four mines down to three. Um, obviously, I mean, I, I get the sense the the, the near term uh, growth is still very much RP 2.0 focused. But does that accelerate your thinking or or, or opportunistic looking for a, a, a to, to to have four mines back in the portfolio at some point, or how's that sort of plan of the strategy? I guess. Yeah, that's that, that's a good question because you know I think what what you'll see is and you'll see the commentary around um, you know the sale of Santander. Our focus is is the capital discipline is to get Raspina built. We want yeah. we want to find a way 
to build this company around quality assets, you know, ones where we can be low down a cost curve um, and a number of assets is not the important thing. For me, it's quality of asset and, and sustainable margin is what we want to build, build this business around. So, um, you know, we, we're going to, you know, we, the, the old string to grow strategy, but, you know, I think we really need to build a strong, strong base. Uh, and, and RP 2.0 is an amazing strong base that we can build this business around. And then secondly, you know, the role technology at Caribou, if that, if that works out, will be another great addition to this business that will totally shift the, um, the, the base for us. So, you know, those are the two, the two operations that we really see longer term we want to focus on. And that, that will give us the, the, the springboard where we can then launch and, and buy similar quality assets. I'm not going to buy anything just for the sake of getting more, more operations onto, to the, um, into the company. It, it's all about quality. And for us, we went, we, we're shrinking to get to quality, and then we'll we'll add quality after that. Okay. Okay. Great. Thanks very much, guys. Your next question is from Brian MacArthur with Raymond James. Uh, good afternoon. A um, couple of questions. So, Joy, just going back to Craig's question about the effective date for Santander, because you talk about you know restating production. So, if you close December first, say for example. Are you going to book two? You're going to book two months of production this quarter, and then the working capital test will be done as of that day. Is that the right way to think about it? Hi, Brian. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's spot on. Perfect. And the second thing, um, the 130 um, kicker for the average of LME is that a just a pure. Um, average for the year, you either hit it or you don't. There's no scaling in there, depending on what the price average is. Yeah, that's correct. It's a binary thing. It's yes or no. Perfect. Um, my third question, just on provisional, I see you priced it at 137. Um, but again, I forget, and I should know this exactly when the boat settled. I don't know whether they're going to Europe or Asia. There's different times. Are you going to be able to capture? You know, any of those boats settle that you're going to get the 150, 170, or, or can you give any guidance exactly timing on when those boats, uh, obviously the price has moved to your favor from a provisional pricing point of view? Yeah, no, it's, it's very challenging to give you a number there. The quotational periods are different for each of the, the shipments, and so uh, it's very difficult to give you a challenge, uh, an answer, but all I can say is it is currently higher than the $1.36 from the previous quarter. Fair enough. And the final point I was just going to ask, uh, following on the last comment, um, the focus is obviously RP2 and Caribou. For Percoa, obviously you're going to, I don't know if there's any update on exploration that you'd like to share a bit, maybe extending life. Um, but if you're not successful there, are there any major um, lot closure liabilities or anything you'd have to deal with there if you went down and, and closed that? Yeah, that, that's a good a good point, you know, and, and um, you know, we, we always talked about T3 and what we said we want to do is, you know, do the exploration as cost effective as possible. So we, we're still developing the ramp down and once we, we closer um, to, to the area that's, that we, we can put some exploration and drills in, we'll, we'll, we'll look at doing that again. Um, but, you know, for, you look at, uh, at Pekoa, you know, if, if we, we can't extend it, then we definitely will be going into a, a closure um, um, phase uh, if we can't find additional um, resources there. Uh, the reality is it's an underground mine. Um, you know, it's not a massive uh, closure liability. I think we we are working with the government as we, as we always do and at all our operations on a regular basis, looking at that. Um, 
the, the thing to keep in mind is that you know there's there's some really good kits there. There's a really good process plant. Um, there's some some really good um, power generation units, um, and all of those things uh, at the end of mine life could be repurposed or sold. So you know, and and um, yeah, so I, I don't see uh, you know like these massive uh, liabilities. Great. Thank you very much for answering my question. Very helpful. Thank you, your next question is from Dalton Barreto with Kencord. Uh, thank you. Hi, Rekis and team. Uh, Rekis, I'm really intrigued by this this concept you brought up here of uh, shrinking to grow. And, you know, for the record, I absolutely agree that you have to shrink to quality first um, and build a base. Uh, so my question is this. You know, as, once you get to that point, and presumably, you know, you're thinking early stages along the next steps, are you committed to zinc, first of all? And secondly, where do you see the center of gravity for this company? Do you, you know, do, do you see it here in Canada? You know, do you see it in Africa? Just any thoughts around that? Thank you. Hey, Dalton, great to hear from you. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good question, you know, and as you know, I think we're on the same camp there, that the quality is worth way more than, than, than quantity. Um, when, when I look at, so we, we know the zinc market pretty well, you know, and when I, when I look at the zinc, the zinc market, it's got some amazing upside potential, you know, when it, when the price runs, it runs like hell, and then when it falls, it falls like a zinc balloon. So the, the really important thing here is to have a quality zinc portfolio where we can survive through the, 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 the downturns. So if, if we can, we can have a big portion of that, we are currently one of the only zinc plays that you can, you can buy into. Um, so, you know, we wouldn't want to dilute that too much. Um, but having said that, you know, if, if we can find a way to get into, um, you know, some copper exposure, that will be amazing. Um, and so we, we, what we're doing is shrinking but, and to, so that we can grow. But it's also then what we've, we've built is an amazing platform that we can bolt operations onto. Um, it doesn't really matter where in the world they are. My preference would be to find a way to, to leverage our current um, areas because we you know, we have a, a, an ability to operate in, in Namibia. We know the, the, the government officials. We know the, the, how, to, how to get some labor. You know, people know us there, so it's a lot easier to, to market ourselves locally. Um, but, you know, after that, um, if, if it, it, it again goes back to the, the point on quality. If we can find quality assets at the right price, it doesn't really matter where, um, that, that'll be great. And, and if that's in a, in a, in a forward-facing metals like, like copper, um, that that that's a, that'll be an added advantage because you know we 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 know and I think everyone knows and that's why copper is so expensive that um, that copper has got a great future. Um, so I think the you know we we want to we want to bolt some of that in there, but with a, a, a large still keep a large exposure to the zinc, but with quality assets where we can survive the the downturns. Okay, great. And so I wasn't actually thinking copper. The reason I asked the question, Rickus, is. Uh, I was actually referring to your former employer, and um, there's some very interesting underground nickel deposits that are starting to emerge in the uh, Sudbury Basin. So, well, you know, is yeah, that no, something you would consider? It, again, so forward-facing metals, base metals, um, absolutely. If it's at the right price, um, um, I, I'm not going to comment on my previous um, employer, but you know, those those um, you know, type of uh, polymetallic operations are brilliant. Um, and if you then, if you, the other thing to keep in mind is that you know, once if once we prove up this role technology, it's going to open up a huge amount of potential for us to to go into polymetallic operations where there's a problem with recoveries, um, and we know there are quite a few of them around the world. 
Um, and, and also from a, a, a tailings and a cleanup perspective, because you know, we, when we look at roll, we're not just looking at it from fresh um, current horizons. We actually look at uh, and we're testing tailings through it and seeing very encouraging results from that. So we, we're going to build a company around around that. And um, yeah, and forward-facing metals, base metals, absolutely where we want to focus on. That's great. That's all for me. Thank you. Thanks, Alton. And I would now like to turn the call back over for closing remarks. Thank you very much, um, and thank you for staying on the call. And, 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 and to, to Craig, Stefan, Brian, and Dalton, thank you very much for those questions. Really, really insightful, though. Um, let's, um, let's keep pedal to the metal and then see you guys at the next quarter. This concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.